Over the last few months, I quit music at least five times. Even told my closest friends that I was transitioning to explore different routes and options for myself as a brand. And if you follow me and see how deeply I'm involved in the sneaker world, circulating those rooms and everybody always asks me if I still rap the house music, started to really affect me deep down. And that's mostly because I didn't feel like a rapper anymore. I didn't look at my peers as competition anymore. I didn't get jealous anymore. I didn't care about the views or streams, nor did I even check them anymore. Austin, proud to be a Yankee, and you looking like Boston. Giant City Patriots, why you Randy Martin? Your record means shit if you lose your fortune. Hit after hit, man, your boy still scorching. Still on the block, man, the heart ain't lost. Bait-ass niggas get left in the harbor. Feeling like Rocky, Antonio Toba. Whack ass bosses will have to come harder. Cause you couldn't see lines this shot from a barber. Your boys ain't like me, I see why they tight cause the only club I fought in is flight. We in two threes got me looking like Mike. See me in the dark bed I'm looking like light. Clown ass niggas bad mouthing my shit you can tell them I said it. Suck one. Some fly shit like the homie Nip Last night I bled tears for a L.A. Crip Pull out some Hennessy for cars, then I sip There has to be a God for this to make sense Understand your purpose, understand your risk Understand your blessing, understand your gift Cause ain't nobody perfect, only love is rich Yo, think this podcast episode one seventy six. George, Greg, back in the building. We have a special guest on the phone. But before I get to that, I want to give out two shout outs, which I said I would. Quick shout out to Danden Canlis. He's a listener to the podcast. He always sends me ideas and stuff for the show. So shout out to him, and a huge shout out to Row. Uh, she's at Eat Like Death Row underscore. She is a phenomenal artist who does a lot of the sneaker stuff with sushi and food. She got selected to be in the Art of Sneakers book volume one. And I'm super excited for her. She's a super cool person. And you can pre-order the book at theartofsneakers.com. Support new creators, original creators, and creators who are great at their creations. Oh, jeez. <laughs> speaking of content, <laughs> creators, man, people don't understand how hard podcasts are. Like, I'm not going to tell the listeners what just happened. But speaking of creators, we have a. am very excited to have Jay Tips on the line. You know, he's somebody who was recommended to us numerous times you know he's definitely one of our top three people who are recommended for us to get on the podcast um we appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us oh any any time man i appreciate you guys having me man um you know like i was telling george earlier about the music i said man i want to do a dope intro for this song because your music i thought was phenomenal i just started getting into it I'll be honest with you when people introduced me to your ig page and social media i wasn't able i didn't know you did music once I got into it and started listening, oh. I was like, this music is dope. It's fire. All right. Um, so real quick, once J-Tips, where you from and everything like that, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm from the Boogie Down Bronx. You know, um, if you're familiar with me or you're going to get to know me, you know, I wear my Yankee hat proud, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I, my family originally, originally is from down south. Um, but, you know, they moved up here to, you know, try to just, you know, give the family a better lifestyle and you know i've been blessed to just you know just continue continue the way and you know pave the way 
you might as well just start where you were asking him about that, telling the song that you like the best, and then we'll just go from there. Okay, yo. So um, <laughs> I talked about, you know, how my on the Savior, what my favorite songs is, you know, Against the World. And mm-hmm. and at first I was like, I didn't, I was like, why did he put that as the very last song? But then I kind of understood it. You know, it kind of like flowed well with the yeah. album. And that was sort of like the conclusion of like you against everybody. Yeah. The the funny thing about Against the World is me, you know, me working on 12 projects. And, you know, I always felt like my strongest point, probably even more than than just the bars, was has always been just to synchronize the album. Like, I feel like I'm so much more comfortable putting together a few songs than just just putting one song out on SoundCloud or something and telling you to check it out. So Against the World, in my opinion, like, until the album was about 90% done, Against the World was probably going to be the first song. But it's just like, it, it didn't sound good to me as a second song. It didn't sound good as a third song. It To me, it didn't have any other place. But when I made it the last song, for anybody who listens to the album again, it almost sounds like it's the first song again. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that was like the best place I, f- I found for it because it, it didn't feel like a middle of the album song. I feel like it would take you to a place where it's like it's hard for you to go up or go down from there. So I wanted to just end it the right way. Is that uh, typical with a lot of uh, albums in general? I mean, we have obviously we're on here interviewing people who have to do with sneakers and whatnot and don't get a lot of recording yeah. artists. But you find that that yeah. is the case. You record something and you fit, you know, you think it might fit somewhere, but it fits somewhere at the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it happens a lot. You know, sometimes I think that there's points when a, when there's songs that everyone loves, but I was moments away from trying to make a decision to say, well, this might not make it. Just because I think there's just certain things that change the frequency. It changes the mood too drastically. Like I see sometimes artists or other artists, you know, they, they have interviews online and stuff, and they say like, you know, my hit single, like, it, I just didn't feel like it belonged with everything else. It's almost like when you like that, that marble that just, you know, stands out because it's a different color. Right. So it's like, I, I, I knew the greatness, and sometimes you know the greatness in some song, but it's like around other things, you know, sometimes it just doesn't have the same impact. Do you record more than you anticipate putting on an album just to have extras, or how, how does, what's that thought process yeah. for you? Yeah, um, I, I have a home studio, so... um. Just I've so a lot of times recording is like I kinda you kinda feel right away whether it's you're gonna be if this is the one or this is something that I wanna put more time into. So a lot of times the songs that I do get to finish or I write the second verse and I I come up with a chorus are songs that I really already see the potential for. But I do record so much. Like if we were to hang out and I just went through the through my like my hard drive, you would probably hear so many like four bar verses. So many just a chorus, but nothing else. Right. Like, or just like a, a, a beat. You just hit a beat in the session and be like, oh, how come you didn't rhyme on this? But, oh, you know, after I heard it out loud, I didn't feel the same way. So I just right. I didn't even write to it. So it, re- recording is a mess. But a lot of times <laughs> I try to find my, I try to find different, different strategies. Like, does this song sound like an intro? Does this song sound like a hit? Does this song sound like a video should belong to it? Stuff like that. And then I like to build that way. Like, it's almost like shuffling cars, like, all right, I got a, I got a song that I could perform here. I got a song that someone can listen to on like a flight or a plane or a train or something like that. I got, I got some girl music. I got some slow music. I got some very, very introspective music. All right, now the album's done. Gotcha. I, I like to have like a nice little shuffle. 
See, I like that mix. Like, I like that thought process of, like, yeah. where people can listen to stuff. See, we always do, when we, me and George yeah. talk about sneakers, and we talk about, like, sneakers that we like and, you know, top tens or whatever the case may be, I like to, like, go for, like, a sneaker that I can hang out in, sneaker I can hoop in, sneaker I can do this in. Like, yeah. I like that thought process that you put into making your albums. Yeah. Um, so, you being from New York, how has the sneaker culture evolved, you know, since you've been, you know, involved in it heavily? You know, I I always give myself credit for being a part of I feel like every single phase of, of sneaker culture. Right. So it's like I started I started off by being like on the verge of getting kicked out of my house because it's like it's either you can go back to school or you can get a job. So my first job was working at Foot Locker, and you know after Foot Locker, it's like you still wanna you still wanna to exist in this world. So it's like yeah, I'm still trying to get every shoe that's worth something, and now you know all the way up to being a part of like media and stuff like that, and now even getting a chance to design, it's, New York has changed in that way, too. Like it's, very, it's my peers, you also see go through the same phases. You see people who, who grew up on dunk, then they went to Jordans, then they went to basketball, Nike basketball, and now they're wearing, like, Rav Simmons Adidas, and, or they're wearing, like, church shoes and stuff like that, <laughs> and very, very, like, hippie-ish and stuff like that. So right. it's, it's so many different phases, like, even... You see, you see people that you used to be their plug, now, now they're big time reseller or something like that. Or even people <laughs> that I used to help get shoes now have collaborations in the marketplace and stuff like that. So New York City is just so endless when it comes to just where you're gonna end up on the other side of this sneaker journey. Like nobody, I don't feel like anybody in New York stays where they are. Like nobody just stays. A let me. Let me go to Full Locker on Saturday and continue to buy my favorite shoe. It's either you're going to start selling it, you're either going to be bringing people with you, you're going to start like some bots, <laughs> or you're going to stop selling sneakers and go to Supreme, or you're going to, you know, so you're going to be a part of just something in a different way. Start working at Flight Club Stadium Goods Round 2 or, or be like a, a StockX junkie or something like that. Or, you know, you're going to give up and say, you know, I'll, Nike's hiring. Let me try to get a 40% discount or something like that. But it's like if you really love sneakers in New York City, everybody just evolves in a different way. And some's good, some's bad. So um, you, a lot of people don't know that you do the weekly like sneaker drops for Jimmy Jazz. And yeah. I know that has to be a dope feeling to walk into a Jimmy Jazz and seeing you on the television screens on loop presenting the weekly drop sneakers. How did you build that relationship with Jimmy Jazz and get that going? So, you know, I, I guess um, the person that brought me on was, he was a, a another rap artist. He, that was his manager. So, you know, all the years, all the years that passed, you know, just me just being so reputable when it came to just, I guess, sneakers, the moment he had an opportunity to, you know, really point, point in, in somebody's direction for who should be consideration for this show, you know, he, he reached out to me. He seen something I did on my Instagram that was like a sneakers, for like YouTube I did maybe like a year back and he thought I was perfect and within a year I mean not I said within a year within like a week I was already like on Jimmy Jazz's you know Instagram and my follower count was going up and just so many different things and it's a, it's a blessing because you know I grew up you know going into stores like Jimmy Jazz or it used to be a big store in New York I'm not even still sure if it's open called Dr. J's and stuff mm -hmm. like that we used to my mom used to take me and ask the sales associate like yo if there's anything new like, what's new, you know? And that used to be how I got back to school kicks or Christmas kicks and stuff like that. Like, 
that was my only outlet. So now to just be able to walk in stores and people's like, yo, you look familiar, you, you know, you, you know, I recognize you from somewhere. And it's like, yeah, because I'm on the TV that's behind your cash register. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an overwhelming feeling, especially when, you know, people who look like me and people who have a presence in the sneaker community, everybody just assume as a big dog reseller or something. Like, no, I'm not coming in here to buy to see if you have any more shoes left. I'm just coming in to, because I see myself on the screen. I just want to take a picture for my Instagram. Right. Do they now, yeah. who, who chooses, because I've been going through the Instagram a little bit. Do you get to choose mm -hmm. what shoe you are, uh, what do I want to say? Um, Introducing. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, um, do you get to pick it no, or they yeah, tell yeah. you or? No, no, yeah, no, they just, they send me like a script over. They let me know like, you know, this is the shoe. This is the shoe. This is what we're going to do and stuff like that. You know, I've been trying to give my, my input, you know, here and there. Like, you know, it's a couple couple releases that, you know, just me having knowledge with. I think, like, yo, I think we should talk about this one. I think this is going to be pretty dope. Gotcha. And stuff like that. But at the end of the day, Jimmy Jazz is expanding. They're, you know, they're, they're definitely trying to change change their culture a lot. Like, if you go if you go into Jimmy Jazz right now, it might look a lot differently than, than you remember. Like, they're, they're, they're not a uniform store. Like, Foot Locker is a uniform store. Like, you can go, like, you guys are in Arizona. You go to Foot Locker in Arizona. Full Locker in Arizona looks like Foot Locker in Harlem. Right. And Full Locker in Harlem looks like Foot Locker in Montreal, Canada. You know, so, so Jimmy Jazz is like, you know, they, if you go in a Bronx store, they have stuff about the Bronx and history of the Bronx on the wall, Harlem, yeah, yeah. history of Harlem, and, and stuff like that. Like, they have they, – there's a lot of attention to detail and stuff like that, but it's definitely been it, – it's been overwhelming. And, and even the, the process of reviewing the shoes is – you know, they tell me the kind of like points that they want to do, and then I just get in the camera and I just, I just refine it to my own knowledge and stuff like that. Like, and so I'm definitely been like surprising people with just my knowledge of just certain things, and definitely the descriptions of the shoe and stuff like that. Oh yeah, you I know, feel like people like that part, that a lot. Yeah, like no, that's what I you know talked about earlier. Like I appreciate you your knowledge of the actual parts and the pieces of the sneaker like i said we watch plenty of reviewers and people who talk about sneakers and they they you know the bottom the bottom is blue and you know the the, the pool tab is gray you know you knowing like you know the heel tab the outsole insole midsole and given that descriptive you know message across you know it makes the sneaker just that much a little bit doper like and, and that's it's appreciated yeah. um so you know one thing i do want to talk to you about is that you know with, about sneaker school and, you know, it's one of those things that we've seen come across our timeline. And a lot of sneakerheads were definitely skeptical about, like, you know, the yellow brick complex, you know, FIT collaboration, like sneaker school, you know, and how it kind of mm. rolled out. And I'll be honest with you, that was us yeah. for a little bit. But you actually participating mm. in it, taking part in it. Can you talk to us a little bit about, like, what it's kind of done or, or what you took out of it or, or how yeah. it came about? Yeah. So, you know. You know, if I, if I may have, if I probably discovered discovered Yellow Brook through maybe you guys like trashing it or or somebody else, maybe I would have had a different way of thinking. But someone actually was interviewing me. Like they came to my house and they were telling me that after they interviewed me, they were going to interview them. So and they was like, "Oh, hey, you should check it out." So when I checked it out, it, it happened to be at a certain time in my life where I was doing like a lot of focus groups for, with Nike and you know, trying my hardest to get on, like, the consulting side. And, you know, to be honest, it's like, you know, just trying to get some fucking shoes, like trying to figure <laughs> out how to just get more in front, trying to get in front of them to, like, you know, 
like some type of influence or role or something like that. Because I felt like, you know, when you see the people that do get a lot of stuff online, you're like, what the hell are they giving this guy for? He can't even dress. Right. Why, why he got these? Why he got these these thank you Nike notes <laughs> and stuff like that on YouTube? You oh, know what I'm saying? Well, so facts. you know, I just wanted to to get some type of certification or some type of qualified. And also me being an artist, you know, as soon as you see complex complex is to me, in my opinion, the highest it gets when it comes to just music media right. online. Like like I came up in the blog era when it comes to music. So if you get on complex. People are gonna be calling you, and they're gonna notice it, and stuff like that. And that's 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 a pretty solid cosign. So you know, when when the yellow brick stuff, so when I looked into it, you know, I got into it, and and to be honest, is like I started learning stuff that I never thought of. I thought that I was gonna get into something where they were just gonna be, you know, drilling you about like like very tedious like right. intro videos. Like I said, I used to work at Full Locker, so sometimes they sit you in front of a video and they teach you about insoles and shoelaces for hours. <laughs> so right. I, I, didn't know, I didn't know if that was something I was going to walk into, but when you start re- going through like the knowledge of shoes, and I think everybody who's a sneaker collector or a sneakerhead, they think they know everything. So when they break down like the history and the, it's, it's not timed work and it's, they, they asking you about like toolings and the way shoes are constructed and the history of the factories and the warehouses and how brands started and what brand came first and stuff like that. That was stuff that I didn't know before. So, you know, I was kind of hooked from then. And to be honest, it's like it, it created a community because me, I was somebody who was, I'm listening. Now I'm listening to these people talk that I've met in person, that I'm around, that I've, I'm seeing that I'm, I've seen speak at a panel and, and when I finally got to even the media part of, of the course, you know, they scroll past the video on YouTube that I was featured in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was it was very humbling to know that, like, there's other things that, that go into sneakers. There's other things that goes into making sneakers a, a career. Like, one thing about Yellow Brick that, that I believed in so much when I really, really, like, started to get into it was, you know, I grew up in my neighborhood and, and in high school and, you know, having girlfriends and stuff, everybody told me that sneakers wasn't a career. So when I was getting posted on Nice Kicks or when I was in like a Soul Collector magazine or when I was laying on my sneakers in front of my house and taking a picture in front of it and stuff, everybody would just comment, when you think you can get all the love, people would just be like, yo, bro, sell those and buy a house, sell those and buy a car, <laughs> sell those and do that. And and I felt like Yellow Brick is trying to put something and let you know that sneakers is a career whether they're just showing you different positions in the field, whether they're showing you different angles like media or just telling you different stories of people's come-ups and, and stuff like that in the, in the game or where they came from and and just little things like for you to just off the top of your head think about like a, the course being named, like this course is about media, you know what I'm saying? Just to know that that nobody – like it, it came from a section in the in the slam magazine and it turned into something so big nowadays. Like we used to, I remember that era where I used to collect like the East Bay books and, you know, I used to take them out of people's mailboxes and, <laughs> or, you know, t- or like rip the pages and hang them on my wall and Facts. circle the shoes I wanted and tell them to my mom and stuff like that. Like I remember that so much. So for them to just like kind of recap that era and also follow the transitions of how it got to where it is and, and stuff like that. It's like, it brought something out of me because I think a lot of people don't realize that there's another side to, to, you know, really, really 
being about sneaker culture like you guys, like having a podcast dedicated to it. Right. You know, there's things that you can really do besides trying to get every color off white or trying to be <laughs> at every single complex con or every single sneaker con or, or, you know, I feel like I'm so elite in the sneaker game. Let me go get a table at, at this, at this convention or something like that. There's so many different ways to really affect what, what goes into the marketplace, whether it's, you know, focus groups, whether it's, it's, you know, just pulling up the stores and talking to to associates and stuff. And my background may not be like other people's background. When I worked at Full Lock, I worked at the flagship store. So I was working, I was dealing with customers just as much as I was dealing with corporate heads. And, you know, they didn't really value your opinion just because they think, yo, you're going to buy anything. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't true. It wasn't true. It's like, you know, we want certain things and I'm going to demand this quality. I'm going to tell you this quality. I'm going to tell you why this isn't selling because at the end of the day, it's like you can't piss on a sneakerhead and tell us tell, tell us it's rain. Right. You know what I'm saying? We know this isn't the same. We know this glue isn't supposed to be like this. We know that type of stuff. And, you know, it's it's our duty to continue to push the issue to let people know, like, we're, we're paying attention to everything and we're not just here for, you know what I'm saying? We're not just here just because you told us to that you're open on Saturday. So having the opportunity to consult for Nike, you know, and like like I said, yeah. like, you know, sneakerheads, you know, sneakerheads, we do complain a lot. We know we complain a lot. And, you know, sometimes we feel like we're right in our ways and, and you know, we don't know what goes into it. So you have an opportunity to consult with yeah. Nike. What did you get out of that or be able to provide? I think mostly just just perspective. I think that a lot of a lot of us, um, just collectors or, or people who really, really love shoes, we we find ourselves giving ourselves more credit than we might deserve. Because a lot of us, you know, a lot of us might share share very, very similar similar opinions about certain things. But sometimes it's like to a designer, to a developer, to to um, the story of how a shoe is going to return or stuff like that. Like we're not always clear cut in what we expect or what we're even asking for. Like sometimes. You know, you may be in a room where somebody's asking for, you know, the the total phone posit pro to come back in, in all white. But, you know, when they bring the shoe back and, you know, and it's on clearance and it's in outlets and stuff within three to, you know, two to three, two to three weeks. And the, everybody's complaining about the price point, but they sat in front of people who who have crazy collections and they all said, yeah, I'll pay the 225. But guess what? That's four people that have paid the 225, you know, four <laughs> Four people is not really going to do a dent in a company that that has the only way they could bring a shoe back is if they make a million air bubbles. And if they make a million bubbles or airbags, if they make a million airbags, guess what? They have to figure out how to sell a million pairs or even put a million pairs into production after a while. So it's like, say they do 100 white, now they got to do 100 black. And, uh, oh, you know, everybody loves the silver, let's make 200 silver. But now it's like, what are we going to do with the other 500? And stuff like that. So it's it's very very tough to you almost appreciate they roll too because you know sometimes you they take they take advice but you know sometimes the consumer might not know what they want so you got to really be can't give people too much you know so you can't right. take too many outside voices before you really got to do the job. Yeah, no, you're right because you know like I said we talked about like you know we those retros that we all grew up on and you know you bringing up the Duncan like that you know it's funny like the total phone posit because. Yeah. We all loved it back then. We was in seventh, eighth, sixth grade. We loved it back then, and we we still love it because we respect it and we had it. But us yeah. begging us begging for it now, 
majority of us aren't wearing these anymore. Like, there's absolutely no way yeah. that I could walk down the street with how my jeans fit now and put on a total foam posit. It would be ridiculously huge yeah. on me now. So, you know, a lot of times, yeah, you know. Yeah, heavy. Yeah, we, and we understand. We say, like, yo, we, we want this back. Nike, bring it back. And they bring it back. And only a few of us pay for it for retail. Y'all, I'll get it when it comes to the outlets. I'll catch it when it hits a kicks deals or something like that. And that happens a lot. Yeah. Um. So, how different is your love for music than it is for sneakers? I'll say, I'll say different. Like it's two kids. Like you know, you 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 love them different, but you you still have a lot of love for them. And you know, it's. It's 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 tough. It's tough to me because sneakers has always been my love. You know, look, music is something that you know. Eventually in life, I began to really, really feel happy doing and comfortable doing. But I always told myself that I wanted to music to get to a place. Like if I just if I sat down with you and I told you my goals, my goals was let me get rich so I could buy more shoes. Let me <laughs> let me get a sneaker collab just so I can get my own sneaker. Let me, you know, let me have a platinum selling record. Let me get a Grammy or whatever, just so I can have a nice outfit at the award show. Right. You know what I'm saying? So sneakers has, has affected my entire life, and it even still to this day, it's like it, it's been something that I've been obsessed with since a very young young man. And you know, a lot of times I just look at it like, you know, my mom's a look, tell me that I got a problem. You know, my girlfriend will tell me that I got a problem. But then you get on the internet and everybody loves you for it. So it's 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 been a it's been a up down it's it's been an abusive relationship if you think about it <laughs> right so it's but but it's been something that that I appreciate but when it comes to music it's like I still I'm still super passionate about music but at the end of the day sneakers has been my first love since I was four or five years old I was starting to walk down the street and look down at my feet and just watch the patent leather glisten or or whatever it may be making sure I didn't <laughs> spill some of like a icy on my Air Force Ones or something like that at a very young age. Yeah. Well, hold on. Okay. So I got that brings up yeah. a question because I asked Kristen Black this yeah. when she was on the show, and I think from now on, Greg and I are probably gonna have to ask this to every guest we have. So when you get a new pair, are you one in, one out, or do you keep everything? Well, what do you mean by that one in, one out? Like, if you do, you force yourself to sh- to sell a pair to get a new one, or how? Do, like, how do you? Uh, Determine your collection, I guess, because some people like say they like to have like sixty pairs, where it's like all nice stuff, yeah. and they like trade one yeah. to get a new one. And some people just collect everything. Oh, um, bro, I I feel like you just described like different phases of my life. <laughs> I feel like everything you just brought up was just different versions of me. So I've been, you know, when I when I was working at foot when I was working at Foot Locker, I was. I was buy anything I could get. I think the craziest thing that ever happened to me was to know that you could get shoes at a discount price. Like, and then when you see things on sale, it's like, wait, I can use my discount on the sale shoe too. So it's like some. I think that at that point in my life, I was buying everything. But you know, when I transitioned into, you know, being more entrepreneur and stuff like that, it was definitely to, you know, if I sold it for this price and I could afford it for this price. Like, you know, if I if I buy two and I, I sell one, now it looks like I paid. I got the second one on discount. Right, right, right. Stuff like that. But now, now at this point in my life, I've just been trying to get, i just been trying to get just, just stuff that's comfortable, stuff that I really like, and high heat. Like, I, it's probably no in between. Like, everything that was, like, super nostalgic, like, you know, oh, my God, these, you know, these, these flu games, I'm, you know, I, I can't believe they're coming back out. All that stuff I don't even touch. Right. That's because it's like I've, I've been in, like, the space where I want to be comfortable, 
and I want stuff that if, at the end of the day, if it's a rainy day, I can wear these off-whites, you know, 25 times, and somebody is still give me above retail. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I've been in that space. We're 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 been in that space for a while too, where it's like I, I, I can honestly say I feel like. If they dropped a, a red one again, a black and red one, I'm not going to – I really don't care. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we've had it so many times. You know, we've had flu games. I've had flu yeah. games many times. It's like I don't need this anymore. You know, I appreciate it. I respect it because I had it when it first dropped. I love it. I understand the history of it. I watched the game. But I don't really need a flu game again. Like, I don't need it. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and I, I, I feel like I've, I've been telling somebody recently, it's just like certain things just don't make me feel like I've matured. Like even sometimes some sneakers like Jordan 4s, Jordan 3s, sometimes just looking down at my feet, just it makes me feel like, like high school again sometimes. Like it doesn't make me always feel like 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 a grown up. Like <laughs> yeah. I, it makes me feel like I'm like it makes me feel like I'm flexing almost. Like it makes me feel like I went outside <laughs> trying like date night kind of shoe. And that. You know, sometimes so I've I've been dealing with that too a lot. Like certain things make me feel like different points in my life. So it's kind of like, damn, I wanna wanna move on from there. I don't wanna feel like 2012 right now. You know, that's crazy because I talked about that on like a, a long time ago previous episode. That like, I mean, growing up, college, high school, I had the most Mitchell and Nest jerseys ever. But I never stopped loving them. I still love them to this day. But then any time I throw one on, I kind of feel mad ridiculous. Like. I got three kids and a wife, and I'm like almost pushing forty. I think it depends on what it is, though. I mean that that like what I don't know if they're calling it what the three or whatever. I'm not a big Jordan three guy, but the pictures of that three that just came out, the one with all the different swatches of was it four leather oh, suede the, or whatever that animal three or whatever that is. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen? I'm assuming you've seen pictures of it, or maybe you've even seen it in Jimmy's ordering seen, a catalog I don't, I don't or whatever. Think I've seen a, a, a Jordan three. What the? No, it's like a Jordan 3, like an animal one. It had like a, a bunch of safari prints on it's it. It's got a, a different – it, lo it looks almost like a what the – in terms of it having a bunch of different materials on it or like a bunch of different – doesn't it look like that? Maybe I'm yeah, not no, describing I mean, it right. I don't it's know. like a safari to me, like an Atmos 3. That's what it looks like. But Be because – Oh, yeah, I might, might have not seen those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I was saying is like going along with wearing – not wearing things that we did when we were younger or whatever. I think it kind of depends on what it is because when I saw that picture – I would. That's. I mean, I haven't bought a three since. I guess mm -hmm. I I bought black cement threes, but then I ended up getting rid of them. But I haven't bought a three that I actually cared about probably since the last time black cement threes came out, which was what 2010, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, around so, that around that time, like 2010, 2011. Yeah. Like so that. like, but when I saw these pictures, I was like, oh, that might draw me back out to get back. So that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I don't know if the jersey equivalent is an equivalent because it's not like. I don't think one Superfire jersey is going to get you to go back. But with certain shoes, I don't think you can ride them no, off all the way. Because I see Mitchell and Ness posted a picture yeah. of Mitchell and Ness posted a picture of a Vic jersey dropping. I need that <laughs> Vic jersey. Right, but I feel like I'm going yeah. to feel ridiculous wearing it. But I need that jersey, though. That jersey's fire. Yeah. Stop it. To me, to me, it's all about the storytelling. And I feel like even from a brand perspective, it's like they, you know, it's all, it's all marketing. So some of some of the stuff markets itself. So it's like if if something's good, it's always going to be good. It doesn't matter if there's there's a million pairs made or there's five pairs made. If it's good, it's good. So I think certain things it's like you know, of course, being drilled with the the retros that we're familiar with. But sometimes every so often there is a 
there is a Jordan that sneaks through that we're like, wait, hold up. I don't care if he wore this. You know what I'm saying? I don't care if, <laughs> if this is it's like like stuff like stuff like the Jordan one top three or like shattered backboard and stuff like that. Like some some of the new storytelling they hit a home run with. Like even some of the women's Jordan stuff that's been coming out recently. Oh, definitely. Like we don't care if like like people's been loving all the satin stuff and all the super patent leather stuff. Like people's been really going for that stuff. And um I think that there definitely is a, exceptions but i think it kind of goes back to my point where it's like sometimes as a collector we we say things that we don't really mean like i've seen people scream at these people saying don't bring th- certain things back or this is ugly this is terrible and then as soon as it hits the shelf you see everybody wearing it and the only person that didn't wear it is the person that you actually trusted their opinion that's in front of you <laughs> yeah, like you know you, it's funny you say that because the black and the black and blue 12s I thought yeah. I didn't like them, but every single time I see somebody wearing them on social media, them joints look fire to me. And, yeah. And I've never thought a Royal Blue Jordan looked dope to me. Like, I always felt like Royal <laughs> Blue Jordans should have came out about 10, 12 years ago. Like, we should have been had, you know, blue thir- the Royal Blue and the 13 and the 12 and stuff like that. And the only blue 13 I can think of is like a Jordan 17 where it kind of, and that was because he played for the Wizards, like where it added yeah. that blue to it. But this black and blue 12 is a really clean shoe. Now, I'm not going to buy it because right, <laughs> it's essentially like a, a boot for me. Like I'm not a tall person, yeah. plus my jeans are, are super slim and it just wouldn't look right on me. But them joints are clean though. No, trust me. I, I know fashion's changed. A lot a lot of the stuff that, that was grails, you know, it's, it's, t- it's tough to pull off. Like I, I think Jordan Brand definitely got confused recently because a lot of the sneakers they brought back that were like going for a lot of money on Flight Club and, and StockX and stuff. As soon as they came back, they was on a foot action shelf <laughs> because it's just like fashion. Fashion's just changed so much. But you know, me growing up in the hood, I always knew there's a soft spot between Jordan Nine, Jordan Eleven, and Jordan Twelve that that I just know that as soon as those come out, whatever the colorway is, the people gonna eat them up. And when I seen the black and blue one, I think that was a shoe that people weren't did, didn't want to like. When I posted them on my Instagram because I was about to do the review for Jimmy Jazz, people were really like, ew, come on, they got to stop. But, you know, I've been going into some stores. I've been walking in and just just, just walking, window shopping. And I've been hearing a lot of people say, like, yeah, it was sold out. Try this store. And, oh, we only got this size. So oh, I think those are definitely, like, creeping up and warming up on a lot of people. No, they, I just uh, tagged you on Twitter in that Jordan 3. I know you're on your cell phone right now with us, but you get a chance to take, oh, a, right. take a look at that shoe. Um, So let's talk about your bespoke. So yeah. it's, it's super clean. Like I, me and George, we have the a – The box is dope. I didn't know you could make your own box when you do a bespoke. That's fire. Well, I think you did that separately on your <laughs> own, right? Yeah, actually, I did that. I did that on my own. I did, um, oh, okay. you right. know, I, I, my, my process, my process for, for the bespoke, if you guys wanted me to, to, but if you, no, if you no, mind, no, if I go right into no, it no, now, we're going to go, well, no, we're going to go into it. So just real quick yeah. though, the air force one. Yeah. So we'll talk about how you made your decision yeah. on shoe and stuff. George, I have a love and hate relationship with the air force one because air force ones just wasn't a <laughs> West coast thing. And as of yeah. lately, I've been dying 
to buy an Air Force One. Now, George is, is mm-hmm. bent on not letting me do so. He has to remind me that, you know, I'm sure and that they'll look like boots and everything mm-hmm. on, on me. <laughs> but lately, I've been loving the Air Force One and you making a bespoke of the Air Force One. Like, I do want to hear that process of what made you chose that and everything. I thought your picture was dope showing every aspect of why you chose yeah. the colors. So if you can get into that, that'd be great. Yeah, so... um. Wait, well, my fault. What was the first question? Just the, the whole process not, would not, not just, ramble too far. No, no. <laughs> just well, you whole. say you so you said j- yeah. just to go back. You said you have a buddy yeah. who works at at Mercer. Does he still work at Mercer? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, so one of my close friends, someone that I used to I used to work with actually at Foot Locker, you know he you know he when he left Foot Locker he got a job at Twenty One Mercer. So you know of course Twenty One Mercer. I don't know how how people in other places look at it, but Nike Lab Twenty One Mercer is like the holy grail of product. Like, mm-hmm. if anything is hot, they got it. If it's 12 pairs in the world, they got it. Like, it's, if there's anything that that's just the store that, you know, that they're going to have it. So, you know, he, 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 he was, he's been working in there for, you know, a few years, but he transitioned into working into Bespoke. And when he started working into Bespoke, it was also my introduction into it. And, and you know, I started to pay a lot more into and I started to pay a lot more attention to it because that's a store that I was probably going in to once a week. Yep. You there? You kind of cut out. Yeah. Yeah. But I never, I never realized that there was a, um, they had like a lab in the back. So when he started working in the back and he started working in the lab, you know, I started, you know, I started visiting, I started looking through the drawers and, you know, people like you guys mentioned Clark Kent, Clark Kent will always be in there and, you know, just talking to them and or picking up a shoe because Clark is somebody who, you know, between it's not between us because it's between whoever listens to podcast. <laughs> he's somebody who's, right. Who's, he's somebody who's made a lot. And so I'm just sitting there and I'm looking at just different examples. I'm looking at different like the prototypes of the shoe. I'm looking at the qualities and stuff like that. And for a long time, you know, I didn't really understand, like, why would someone pay? to make a shoe when there's things like Nike ID. And, you know, so he'll, he'll give me the introduction. Like, you know, it's because Nike ID, you can only play with these, these options. Right. Bespoke, like you can kind of free for all on our materials. Like you can change sock lining. You can change the insoles. You can do everything. You can personalize things. You can get laser embroidered things and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But, you know, I still was in a space where it's like, you know, I mean, I'm trying to be Kanye, man. I'm trying to be Drake. I'm trying to get a shoe deal. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to compete. I'm trying to compete with concepts or something like that. I'm trying. I'm, I want my next album to be so good that people want to just collaborate with me and stuff like that. So you know, I think I kind of got to a space when it's like, all right, I'm doing these focus groups. I'm doing, I'm doing this media. I'm doing Jimmy Jazz. And before Jimmy Jazz, I was doing a, a review show for Hot New Hip Hop. And and before that, I was doing a. I was in a documentary on Business Insider about the the um the sneaker business, you know, stuff like that. And I was you know, I'm just like, damn, when is somebody gonna reach out to me to, to do something? <laughs> like I think I'm I think I I think I'm so much more than just a guy that on the gram that occasionally gets a post on a sneaker blog or somebody retweets something. So, you know, what I said is, you know, I thought about it. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna give myself a point with if if I visit Nike campus. I visited Nike campus in, in February for the first time. If I meet with all these people and, and nobody's like, 
yo, let me give let me give you a collaboration or something like that, which is super un, unrealistic for okay. you to think that these people even could make these decisions and stuff <laughs> like that. Like I'm I'm meeting I'm meeting with people who you know they they just fans of my music. They you know they think I'm a creative person on Instagram. They don't even have the the clearance to be like yo, I'm gonna give you a collaboration and stuff like that. So and and out of my first trip, I feel like I just got offered a job more than I got offered anything else. Like people, are you would you work here? Would you live here? And I was like, yeah, I think I might, and stuff like that. So, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just pull the trigger. I'm a, I'm gonna make a bespoke, and as far as I can go, I'll simulate a sneaker release. So what I, I sat down with my friend and and the bespoke team, and I just kind of told them like, yo, what's things that I could do? What's things that I can't do? What stuff like that? And you know, their advice is like, yo, if you're gonna pay a thousand dollars. Make something you're going to wear. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to need to make something I'm going to wear. I need to make something that people can talk about. And they like, yeah, but, you know, it's your money. So, you, you know, you want to do stuff that this and that. And I'm just like, you know, what can I come up with that would be solid, that would tie into my story, tie into everything that I'm doing, that do that. And, you know, from the outside looking in, it's like a lot of us were programmed to it's either you like something or you don't like something. So when you have that total control, it felt like a lot of options. Like it felt like, like, you know, of course I love my mom, but what color represents my mom? Of course I love my kids, but what color, what fabric represents my kids? And how do you tie it together? What, you know, what, what am I going to be able to wear? What colors look good together? It was, it was a tall task. And at the same time, I'm like, but what is the shoe going to mean? So I was like, you know what? I do have maybe some music that I feel like I've been holding on to. So, you know, let me make a shoe that's about my next album. So before I even set my appointment, I went home and said, what am I going to name the next album? What's going to be the logo and stuff like that? And then I brought it to them and they were like, oh yeah, that's cool. And I was like, you, you think I could put it here? And it's like, yeah, you could do that. So from that aspect, I just tried to build the inspirations of what the shoe was. And, you know, and then when I finally had an appointment, it all came together. And it, I'm not going to lie to you. It was a, it was a mess. It was crazy. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I finally came I came up with something that I felt like people would see on online or they would see open in a box and they would really be like, no, this is this is not something regular. Whether I like it or I hate it, I feel some type of way about it. And, you know, from that point on, after the shoe was in production and I was waiting it to get made, I was like, you know, how can I heat up some energy? Like, how can I, like, create, like, I want to create a box, so let me figure out a way to create a box. Let me create some, some box tissue let me make like some merchandise. Let me apply all the things that get overlooked as an artist because so many artists in the world have merchandise. Like if you go to any rap show, Travis Scott, Kanye West, right. anybody that's selling t-shirts. So I was like, you know what? Let me apply those same principles of what you know you should do as an artist to making a bespoke. Like don't just personalize it. Like make it something that that's a lifestyle item, like something that has potential for the marketplace. And, you know, working in Full Locker, talking to people from Nike and just seeing so many different things. I just kind of tried to apply even everything that I've seen. Like I seen Sean Weatherspoon make a bespoke last year that he was able to, to cut the top layer and it had floral print under. Yeah. And then he made like another one and he was able to put like a raincoat over it. So it was just so many different things that I was like, you need to push those limits. You need to push those limits of just creativity. Like you're not in a box. You're not looking at the Mocha 3s right now and saying, I wish that they look like this, like you have the opportunity to make these decisions right now. So when I came up with everything, I, I just was like, you know, 
let me let me package it in a way where it shows a lot of initiative to the Nike people that, you know, follow me and let me also show show attention to detail for anyone who 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 cares a lot about storytelling, who cares a lot about product and cares a lot about how something comes together and you know, just even going forward, like it, the the guy that took my pictures, he does he works for Packers. So oh, okay. I reached out to him and I was just like, yo, you take wonderful product pictures. I made a shoe with Nike. Is there any way that I can, you know, be able to to get some some flicks done and stuff? And he was like, yeah, sure, man. You know, no, definitely, man. I love to be a part of the process and all that stuff. And so that that was one thing. I made the box. I made stickers. I made pins. I made T-shirts. And just like I was like, you know what? Let me make a recap video. And you know what? Like since I grew up in the blog era when it came to music. Let me reach out to these blogs and let me see if they'll post the shoe. So I reached out to Double XL. I reached out to Soul Collector. I reached out to um, Nice Kicks, and you know, I reached out to Complex and stuff like that. And and you know, Nice Kicks was able to post it, and it just took it. It just took it to such a a, a new height and level. And you know, I've just been so grateful of the process. And one thing that um, I'm not even sure if if the person I want to be out, out there, but you guys, I know you guys said you, you, I don't know if you spoke to Clark Kent yeah, yeah, or you, um, or you, you, yeah. So Clark being, um, someone who, who's a frequent of Nike and frequent of like, just, you know, a legend in the sneaker game, somebody who, who probably other people probably get the credit that Clark, Clark deserves. Like just cause he has just, just so many different collaborations and stuff like that. And before I was able to even roll things out, like, he kind of chewed off my ear about, like, one day I ran into him, and he was like, yo, bro, like, how come I see you so many times and I don't even know that you make music? You know what I'm saying? Like, every time I'm in here, you in here, you know, telling telling them what you about to do with the sneaker, what you about to do with Nike, or who you about to tell, and what collaboration you about to get. But how come I don't know anything that you, you got to do with, with with music and stuff like that? And I just, I just kind of applied all that stuff that's, like, as much as this is about the shoe, as much as this is a bespoke, I think that, that it tells the story of me as an artist. It tells the story of me as someone who grew up that's like the rose that came out the concrete and stuff like that. And and I just think that online, it, they've been, people's been talking, all my attention to detail has is, is really been picking up steam. And it's, it's been very helpful to just try to, to build a new army of support because you could co-sign yourself. I could walk up to any exec or anybody and tell them that, yo, Jay Tips is that guy. But I think that recently everything that I've been doing has been just building a new army of support where people are writing under these blog posts or these Instagrams and saying, yo, when, when Jay Tips shoe coming? When, you know, where's this Jay Tips shoe at? And we, we want to <laughs> see that. We don't want to see this. So it's been crazy. It's been a marathon. But, you know, I had high hopes. I had high hopes for the whole process because, I'm not sure of many times as a bespoke ever made it to production. I know Virgil worked on something before the off white came out, but I'm not sure and what version came out of that was still his the bespoke and Bari Ace um Young Lord, right. you know, with V Lone, the V Lone Air Force one was also a bespoke. So it's been very few times I think that a bespoke has really cracked the daylight and made it to retail and that's just been like my focus. Like if I can make a product that, you know, that that's that personalized, but at the end of the day, people see like, yo, I will, I will purchase this. Like this is something that I will wear. You know, that's just what I've been going for. And so, so far it's, it's been working and it has worked. Well, you know, just trying to keep pushing the message.
If you're buying sneakers online, there is more than a coin flip chance that the shoe you're looking at is fake. How can you be sure it's real? Uh, Goat.com is the safest way to buy and sell authentic sneakers online. They're the largest marketplace in the world for authentic Yeezys, Jordans, and over 600,000 sneaker listings. They've made more... They've made the whole process frictionless and trustworthy. They do this by only accepting sellers with the best reputation and by verifying all sneakers to ensure their authenticity for buyers. Every detail is inspected from the stitching, the color, the size, and the weight. GOAT certifies that every pair of sneakers on their site matches exact factory specifications. With over half a million sneakers on the platform and 10 million users, you won't find better prices for verified 100% authentic sneakers anywhere else. Find the perfect 100% authentic sneakers at GOAT.com slash sneakdisc. You ask how to support the show? GOAT.com slash sneakdisc. That's GOAT.com slash sneakdisc. Plus, you'll be supporting our show, like I just said. But you've got to go right now before the sneakers you want are gone. When you go to GOAT.com slash sneakdisc, spelled G-O-A-T dot com slash S-N-E-K-D-I-S. I think you did too good of a job because I think that is a phenomenal thing. <laughs> I gave some free said. promo. Yeah, because, you know, I think it's funny what you said. Like, you knew the sneaker was going to come out, and it was a one-of-one, one, but you wanted to create merch for it. You wanted to create your own buzz for it. And I still see people like, yo, I can't wait for these to drop. Yo, when the release date? Yeah. Like, they still – you did such a good rollout on your own for your own creation that they still don't understand that this is just a one-of-one J tips in hopes that it does get produced. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, and that's, that's probably been the scariest part because it's, you know, feeling so prepared for something like that's something that's a burden I had to carry with knowing that I was going to release music with knowing that I was going to, I was going to, you know, be doing some other things before I can even put the shoe pictures out, knowing that I was going to try to show as many people from Nike or talk to as many people, get advice, as possible until I even put it out that I felt like I, I did do so much. Like, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I still feel like I, I love everything I did, but now I'm just seeing regular things on Instagram and people screaming back at me, yo fam, wear your shoe. <laughs> like walking through the streets in New York city right now, it's been overwhelming because, you know, as a creative, you never, nobody, everybody doesn't always see your work, but now I'm walking into Kiff and people are like, where's your air force? I'm walking through Soho, I'm walking through Harlem and people are giving me hugs, saying congratulations. I'm on the train and people are um, tapping me and asking, is my shoe going to come out? My DMs are flooded. Is your shoe coming out? And people asking me like, yo, I'll pay this price. And, <laughs> you know, is there any way that I can get a pair and stuff like that? So it's been super, super overwhelming. But if I told you some of the other ideas I had, like, I was going to do like some video editing and make it seem like it popped up on a sneaker app. I was going to do some Photoshop <laughs> stuff with that. With, I was gonna do some got em. like I was gonna do like a bunch of stuff that I'm like, yo, thank God I didn't do that because it's it's already a lot to deal with. Like I'm t like right now the shoes on display at 21 Mercer and um and people are still like calling the store. Um, is J Tip shoe still available? <laughs> friends that I have and, and friends that I have and other Foot Lockers and and Foot Actions and stuff. They're telling me that people are nonstop sending them screenshots saying, hey, I see he follows you on the Instagram. You know, I don't want to be rude. Do you know if you get any shoes? And they're like, yo, that's my friend, but I don't think his shoe's coming out. <laughs> and, and so, so it's been it's been super overwhelming. Somebody even told me that they, they stopped even sharing what I was posting because people started talking to them like they, like they had the answers. Like, 
Is this shoe coming out? Do you know what sizes they're going to come in? Are they going to come in small sizes? How they run? Like, <laughs> so, so I definitely, if, if anything, I may have miscalculated the, the impact of just a, a tad bit. Have you looked into any of that? What was the thing that Kristen Black was involved with? Although um, Nike Bayou, Nike Bayou. Have you looked in any the, of that um, stuff? We are, we are, we are cultivator. Yeah. yeah, cultivator. Yeah, yeah. I, I have, you know, but you know that stuff is like you know college, college admissions. You know they, they, you know they just pick people. You're not sure how they pick people. Right, right, right. But you know, I had it's, it's been something that you know I haven't, I haven't. I'm not gonna lie. I've been trying to figure out who's in charge of it. I've right. been trying to figure out if it's if it's um, someone that I might know, or or if it's a team that that I might know somebody a part of it. And anyway, because sometimes that extra initiative to find out and then shoot a DM or shoot an email, it might help you know speed up if you could get selected. But I haven't I, I haven't figured it out. I think it'll be a cool opportunity because I think that you know if you're just trying to raise awareness and someone who. You're you're trying to build off someone's marketing, and you want to see, you know, you want to create energy in different places. I definitely, without just tooting my own horn, I think that I can sell, I can sell a few pairs of shoes, you know, just based off of just the support that I that my bespoke got, and it's something that's not available for sale. Oh no, when I when I see people post their sneaker or share it on their stories and stuff, it's funny because I look at their actual Instagrams, and they're not what's considered a, a sneaker collector or sneakerheads. They like music and they have other interests. I don't see any other sneakers on their stuff, but they're definitely sharing yours and talking about how they need this, you know, and I, I think you did a yeah. great job of that. And I think what you're doing is basically like a, it is a resume. It's a job interview. It's showing that yeah. there are people out here with like real influence. There are plenty of people out yeah. here with hundreds and thousands of followers, followers, but are they real influencers? Mm -hmm. I was telling George, I said, J Tips might have around like nine to 10,000 followers. But I said, man, I, I think every single one of his followers might have posted that sneaker. Like, they really yeah. ride for you and they respect what you do. And you are somebody who they look to yeah. as influence. And I think that's super dope. Yeah. And, and that's to me, I, I think that that's the thing that gets misconstrued a lot in, in just the business of shoes and the business of collaboration and stuff like that is it's how are, how are these brands how are these um people measuring influences you know you're just measuring it by follower count you're just measuring it by you know likes on a picture but people like your picture people like your podcast people like things for a plethora of different reasons and stuff and you know i think that i've been someone who 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 like i've, I've been in the company of a lot of a lot of good things and and I, my influence, it, it, I think it definitely exceeds what someone may click in my profile and look at the, the first nine or 12 pictures or read the bio and click the Instagram story. It exceeds those things because, you know, one week I may look like I'm super duper rapper and the next week it might be like, damn, this kid gets every single freaking shoe. You know, <laughs> so, so my influence is, has been something that, you know, I question a lot. Like one of, one of my friends, he, he does, he does a, a, like 10 times more consultant work for me when it comes to Nike. And, you know, me and him argue at high pitched voice when I just tell him like, you know, it, it ain't no reason why, why I feel like I should be overlooked. It ain't no reason why, you know, these people are, are, you know, getting collaborations and, and doing all this type of stuff. A lot of that stuff is like, you know, wait, your wait, your turn. I, I would say like, wait, your turn energy. Cause at the end of the day, you can say you're the most positive person, but you notice when you feel like you're being overlooked and you feel like, 
you know, maybe people are skipping over you intentionally and stuff like that. And one thing about a lot of these brands, they're obsessed with trying to make people sneakerheads. They're obsessed with trying to turn somebody into a consumer because they feel like they already got you. They feel like they already got me. They feel like they already got people that love shoes that's talking about it for a living and stuff like that. So, you know what, let me take the girl that's out of Dwayne Reed that, that you know what, she, she wears a lot of Vans, but her conversion rate is is in the, the 50% when it comes to the amount of people that follows her, the amount of people that like her. You know what I'm saying? Let's put the Sakai waffle on her because J-Tips already is going to have the Sakai waffle and stuff like that. So I think that what I did with the Bespoke, what I did with the marketing of my music, of the cover art and the stuff that I've been able to continue to be a part of is I showed them that it's like it doesn't make sense how, like you said, these aren't bot pages. These are people who real, real live real life to saying, can I purchase your shoes? That right. are buying this merch, that are buying or listening to the music in different places and, and you know, purchasing something and, and physically buying something because your follower account doesn't show you how many people are will buy something from you. And I think that's real influence and how many people really really give in to your brand and stuff like that. Like you, That doesn't really reflect because you can have – Sorry, I'm, I'm rambling. I'm going off on a tangent. <laughs> nah, stuff, no, no, you're good. No, we like we like to hear this stuff. We don't yeah. get to hear this stuff all the time, and it's, yeah. it's good to hear that. You know, yeah. like, like I said, we on the yeah. West Coast. We in Arizona. We do look at 21 Mercer yeah. as like the mecca of like yeah. Nike. Like we might not have the opportunity yeah. to ever go there. So to hear your process yeah. of creating your bespoke and you've been places and talked to people that we might not ever get to talk to is what we love to hear. Yeah. So you're doing just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you know, I, I've no. Nah, what you say? What's your question? No, no, I was gonna say. So, like, you know, with with that being said, like, I, I I did hit you up and I asked you and I said, if you could make a top ten sneaker list, and you told me you can do that off top of your own personal ones. Yeah. Now, I'm gonna assume <laughs> I'm gonna assume your number one favorite sneaker of all time is the one we've been talking about. I'm gonna hold my sneaker. Yeah, of course, your own beast book. It gotta be your number one. Uh, Mm. 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 Oh come on! It gotta be the now, you know. What, now you know what? I'll, I'll make that number one just because it's like you know it's kind of like it's some you, that 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 time that someone asks you like yo do you think you're the best rapper you know you always got to say yeah of course because if you don't it shows it shows weakness oh no so definitely like, we're the best we're the best you know I'm definitely we're the, we're the best <laughs> nigger podcast period so <laughs> so yeah, so you ready you ready for me to go let me go go for it let me hear. All right, so my number one, all right, that's Air J Tips, my bespoke by Twenty One Mercer. I'll say number one. My number two is the College Blue Air, the College Blue Air Jordan Seventeen, just because it was the first ever shoe that I went from grade school to men's size. So to me, it was just like a super filling feeling to, to like you know, I tried on that size seven in the store and it didn't really fit like that. And then they go on the back and then they come out with a suitcase. Mm. You know, they came out like. Like the pl- the it had a CD in it. Like yeah. I went home and I put it in my computer. I tried to watch. It. Like it was just it was just a surreal experience to even be wearing it to school and you know having like a young school teacher and the teachers like your shoe costs two hundred bucks. Like <laughs> like you're you're seventh you're seventh grade. Right. So there's little stuff like that. Like that's that's my number that's my number two. My number three is the bread eleven. I say bread eleven just because even though it's a shoe that just gets watered down and killed and. Jordan Brand has, has put it out every single Christmas in different colorways and 
stuff like that, trying to make money. The bread eleven just just means something to to me, just just because I I remember being young, looking down at my my feet and just being able to experience just just like you know everybody, like even adults, like oh he got on the new Jays, like oh that's what's up, shorty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just stuff like that. And I would say my number four is the um, the Safari Atmos one, the, the first one. I, I I don't remember if you call the first one the different name or something like that. But I I remember I seen a magazine cut and cut out of Pharrell wearing it. I went home from college. I came through. I went right to Flight Club. I bought I bought them for 150 bucks for Flight mm. Club, and within like a year they were like 700 bucks. A thousand bucks in value and stuff like that, but it was always a shoe that everybody told me, like, "Yo, I'm so happy you have it." Like, that's so crazy. You're the only person I know what I, that know that has it. I'm like, yeah, because I, I like them before everybody else liked them. And number five, I would say my number five is Cool Gray Four. Cool Gray Four just to me is my favorite Jordan Four. When it came back out, it was like a, a gimme. Like I didn't care if it was going for money. I didn't care if it was going for anything. <laughs> like I just I just wanted to buy it. And I would say at the my next one is the my number six is the Blink Easy One, Blink Easy One just because it was it's just a, a surreal moment when you know Kanye West Kanye West even still I try to I try to separate what's going on with him now with the legacy of him and you know he <laughs> he's a legend he's a, he's a legend to me okay. all right so so he was somebody that, go ahead go ahead yeah Kanye was just somebody that you know at the end of the day it's like at a very young age I realized I wasn't gonna be Michael Jordan. But, you know, when Kanye West got a shoe, it made me feel like, you know, I could still be Kanye. So it's just always, it just made us feel like just a surreal moment. Kind of like what a lot of people feel towards, like, Sean Weatherspoon or, or Virgil now. It's like, yo, I could be somebody in the background. I could be somebody who, you know, has a very, very, like, underdog story, but still come out on top kind of feeling. I had that with Kanye just being a musician. So you, are, you, want, you want to ask me a question? <laughs> yeah. Um, we and we ask everyone. So on your top ten list, because everyone has obviously different reasons for listing things, have you or do you currently own everything that's been on there? Because that's a obviously a point of contention for our show yeah. for every list. Yeah, I uh, yeah I own or have owned everything. You know, okay, I, I've I've had to let a few things fly. All right, cool. <laughs> but everything I've everything I've everything I named so far, I can send you a picture of, of me in it. <laughs> <laughs> No, we we don't. We're not calling people out like that for proof. We just are curious what the answer <laughs> is because everybody's got a different answer. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, my my sixth favorite. I, I, I think no, Blink was one. So my number seven, I would say is the, the Kiwi Air Force One. Kiwi oh. Air Force One. Um, I would say six and seven is probably. A, I would say them at the same time, just because it's it's two different Air Force Ones. Oh, am I a seven or eight? I'm not sure. I think I lost track. Seven. Um, you on seven? So, so the Kiwi, the Kiwi Air Force One and the Invisible Air Force One was when I stopped buying Jordans. It was a point in my life when I was like, you know what? I'm tired of, I'm tired of the the laces turning colors. I'm tired of cleaning <laughs> the laces in the sink. I'm tired of, you know, what I'm saying, I'm, I'm tired of people stepping on me and and just getting scuffed up and stuff. And when I started wearing Air Force Ones, 2006. It was really like those two Air Force Ones took my high school by storm. People was asking me like, "Yo, are those are those your socks?" Like, and I was like, "Yup, these are my socks." So I was like, I, I used I used to have to go and get like little 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 special socks and stuff like that. And and this is before like Stance and 
and Nike Elite socks were like stocks quality. Like, I was getting like female female socks that had like patterns and stuff just because <laughs> it'll bring out the it'll bring out the Air Force One and stuff. And so the key that pretty much that was like my vocation. I was like Kiwi and in, invisible until I got to a point when then like the World Cup came and I was getting all the World Cup Air Forces and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I got into like the dunks, the dunks and everything, which is my next. Then my next, I would say, I think I'm up to eight. And then eight, I would say, is the Brian Anderson. Brian Anderson. Oh, um, okay. Dunks was, was, it's a beautiful shoe. Like, it was a shoe that I remember every time I wore them, I had this orange hoodie. Just because when, you, when you're young, you know, it's, you got to pick either clothes or shoes. So I remember every time I wore the Brian Andersons, I had this, this really bright orange hoodie. And no matter what jeans I had on, everybody still looked at my shoes. Everybody was still like he's a it's an incredible shoe and and the laces always stuck out the fat tongue and, and just, it was it was it was it was just beautiful that was like my introduction to camo too I know it was a few years later when camo got really big I'm not right. sure if it got big where you guys are from but people was dressed like there's in a military in New York a few years ago. <laughs> it was like so that was, out here it, yeah so we were you know I was I feel like I was up on it like I felt like when I started seeing that trend I was like yep. I used to have those Brian Andersons, and um, I would say number nine is. Um, I, I think I'll take it back to Yeezy. I'll say the Yeezy. Um, no, you know what? I'm not even gonna say Yeezy. I'm gonna say the South Beast LeBron, the the preheat, the preheat eight. Because mm. just just the story of it, and you know, working at Full Locker, it was one of those shoes that people said wouldn't. You know, sometimes when you're not gonna get a shoe, like yo, those we aren't getting those and stuff like that. You got to do your research. Right. So I remember find, finding out what store had it. I went to, I camped out at, um, I camped out at a, a foot action in, in Yonkers, which is the um, the next town. Like Yonkers is the first town outside of New York City, which is literally like I could be on the phone with you guys right now where I live in the Bronx and walk to Yon- I'm in Yonkers in, in seven minutes. So mm. it's like, I, it was a, it's a foot action in Yonkers. I camped out. It was like seven dudes. It was like seven dudes online because because I guess they knew that they were gonna have them, but everybody only thought that Foot Action on 34th Street, which is like the prime location, flagship Foot Action, was gonna have them. <laughs> so I I go I go get these the, I go get the I go get them. I pick them up. They let me use my discount and everything. You know I bring them home. I go to work. I get to I get to work on 34th Street and it was the cops were shutting the release down and. They had like Funkmaster Flex the DJ and people were like trying to fight each other with pairs and I you know I've realized that other stores had them and if you think if you listen if you talk to anybody about that shoe that like really bought them from retail they all like so many people have the I didn't even know this store was gonna have them I just walked in and seen them because everybody like it was really no promotion on who was gonna have them and at that point LeBron's was still kind of niche the seven was a hit. But everything else really wasn't really going like that. Right. So it was like the it was like the eight was that first shoe that it was really like, yo, he's not in my he's not in Cleveland no more, stuff like that. The South Beach colorway, I kind of seen it from like very very early on. Like I, I think even some of my friends was like buying pairs for like three hundred dollars just because they couldn't get a pair from the store, and within a year they went for like over a thousand. Yep. Stuff like that and. And number ten, I'll definitely say number ten is is the the Yeezy two, the okay. Yeezy two, um, just the the black the black pairs, just because the Yeezy two was the shoe that, like, because of everything that happened with the Yeezy one and the hype, and 
how they blew up and how much money they went. When you know the Easy Two was coming out, it was almost like it was like a mystery on how to get it. Stores were backdooring. You know, it was impossible to find out who was going to have it because they was already trying to sell it on their own or right. or do what they were doing with it and stuff like that. So it was just so impossible to get a pair. And I I knew the date. I knew somebody that told me that they could sell it to me. You know, I I got to I got to the store at seven o'clock in the morning. Nobody was there because the store didn't tell nobody they were coming out. And as soon as I got to the store, the store told me a thousand dollars. Oh, what? and I said, but this is a retail store. So they said, they said it's a thousand dollars. So I end up spending all the whole thousand dollars on the shoe. Oh, you bought it? thousand dollars on the shoe. So yeah, you... I bought it. Okay. So, so I end up buying the shoe, and and you know, on my way home, I'm trying to tell, trying to figure out how I'm gonna eat for the next, you know, two weeks <laughs> at work. Right. You know, I'm trying to figure out like, like, would I even ever get to the point of wearing it? The whole social media is going crazy, and everybody's just talking about it, and everybody's talking about how to you know, what it's going for and what people are paying and stuff like that. And I just made a conscious decision and I was just like, you know, I could be broke or I could sell it. And I went down to a store in the city, in New York City at the time called like Exclusive. And, you know, it was a, it was actually a young kid. Young kid would, I don't know, he must like, a, we, that's one thing in New York City you run to a lot of rich kids that they, their parents give them money. So he was like, yo, I'll, I'll give you like 1600 for him right now. And you know, you know, I just looked at the shoe. I was like, "Yo, let me take a picture for Instagram purposes." And, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I took the picture and I just took the sixteen hundred. And with the money, I, I, I paid for some marketing. I, I put my video on like World Star Hip Hop and stuff like that. And and honestly, from that point, I seen a big, I seen a big step. I seen a big step in in just like the progression of my just my music game. Like it was like the first like as soon as I, I did that the video was getting picked up on blogs. It was getting picked up on on like radio and people were reaching out to me and, and just so many different things. So I just found it kinda of felt like it was a silver lining moment where it was like the moment I took myself extremely serious, it paid off. The moment I, I put my passion aside for for, for another passion, it, it really, really helped me it really helped me just like really blossom and stuff like that and you know eventually a few years later i was blessed enough to be able to get a get the pair back and it just it came it just came full circle to me i like Like, it it was like a moment that i wanted to cry (laughs) (laughs) i I like that list too like i think that list is it's it's a it's a list that shows like the different eras and like you know, I mean, yeah. throwing in the Brian Anderson, like I, I would have never expected that. I would have never expected anybody to yeah. throw a Brian Anderson in there, and I, I, I like hearing that. I wouldn't expect anybody to throw the Jordan Seventeen in there, to be honest with you. <laughs> but yeah, I always that, and I, I think that's why I was like, you know what? Let me when you asked me early in the day right. to come up with a list, I was like, you know what? Let me make it natural because I think some of the stories might have not came out if I wrote it down. Oh, I probably, probably right. would have tried to throw you a little flavor or something like that. <laughs> and that's a, yeah, that's a fact. I, I think uh, a lot of people so – I feel like sometimes when we do top ten lists, we do that. You know, you try to come out with the hottest, but, like, I, I, I like the stories because me and George have been buying sneakers forever. So we all got stories to us, so it's good to hear those stories, you know. Yeah. And, and like I keep telling everybody, like mm-hmm. I said, this podcast is on Apple, this is on Spotify, this is on YouTube. I want you to go out. I want you to go, to, to go listen to J-Tips, The Savior. Listen to all his music. His music has plenty of sneaker stuff for you guys who are just in the sneakers. And it's rapping, though. It's really good 
rapping it's good music it's good production the cover arts on your albums are phenomenal like who does that oh yeah so i work with um i work with a guy that that's a it's very very dope artist he draws a lot of like sneaker stuff and and his name is um i, I, I gotta let me let me tell you his his exact instagram name because you know a lot of creative people you know i they, they change their instagram name a lot so i don't <laughs> want to send people into the wrong direction right so his, his name on instagram is jigga underscore what okay. underscore jigga underscore who <laughs> so, but his, his, <laughs> Yeah, but he, you know, he's somebody that I grew up, grew up with in my neighborhood. That's a very talented. You know, he, he, he blew up off Instagram like designing like Timberlands and Air Force Ones, and you know, just drawing a lot of stuff. And I just seen the vision with him. If like people go back and look at some of my other albums, he just he started to fuse my face with sneakers and stuff like that. And you know, it, it really helped me see that I could brand myself and sell merchandise and sell pins and sell stickers and stuff like that. And you know, when I was heavy, heavy, like just trying to really get shoes to people and stuff, like trying to, because I always, you know, a lot of people may just look at it like it's reselling and stuff like, but I was to a point when I worked in Foot Locker, I met so many people who worked in different avenues of life that could help me with my music or help me with stuff, that when I was really just trying to be people's plug, I wasn't, half of the time I wasn't even making no money. Like I was just trying to, trying to be the delivery man and stuff. So when I used to just get, get shoes from people and just put, you know, stickers in the boxes and stuff like that. And everybody would be like, yo, you didn't give me stickers this time and stuff like that. And it really helped me just really brand myself when I started just trying to fuse the music and the speakers too. Because when I was having a lot of music meetings, everybody always kind of asked me about my sneaker stuff like it might be a problem. Or when I was having sneaker <laughs> conversations, people would talk to me about my music like it might be a problem. But when I tried to form it all together, it, it kind of really started to, to really blossom for me. I like that, man. That's a good story. So uh, I don't have any more questions for you um, right <laughs> now. I, I appreciate the stories. Our listeners, they love the conversation. Uh, I appreciate you being a good sport. You know, a lot of people won't know what happened no, no before this. But, <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you, like. That's all good. It's, it's, up to you. it's up to you to tell them, man. It's your story to tell. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it felt good and stuff like that. But, like, you know, I feel like somebody like you is very important right now and, like, is going to get really, really important and I'm glad that we've been able to talk to you early. Like you said, like, since a simple DM, people have, like, requested you. We weren't super familiar with you. But going through your page and seeing, like, how much respect people have for what you've done with your bespoke and your music, it's it's encouraging. Like, hearing you say you sold the Yeezy 2 to put towards your music, it encourages us to, like, you know, maybe I don't need this sneaker to put back into the podcast and maybe take it to the next level. Like, yeah. you know, and, and we want to do so. So, like, you are an influencer to us like a real influencer and i definitely appreciate that so like i said I need, thank you man i appreciate that yeah yeah, yeah. no and, and like i said i need everybody to go listen to the savior it's on apple it's on spotify youtube it's on it's on everything go find it all right do your google searches and find yeah. it and support j tips follow him on instagram and everything he's not gonna be hard to find find him on our page we're gonna tag him we're gonna post the videos and everything of the show and like I said, man, congratulations on everything you got going on and coming. And I hope we can talk to you again. Even when you get super big, I want to talk to you again. Yeah, you know, you know, I, you know, God will it, man. You know, I, I feel like energy is, you know, the energy right now is contagious. You know, you guys, you know, you've decided to be a part of my story in whichever way it ends and whatever way it goes. So, you know, whatever good happens to me happens to you guys. So, you know, I appreciate it. 
uh, one million times. You know, we we on two different coasts right now. Like, right. I'm trying to, I gotta as soon as I get off the phone, I gotta put my kids to sleep for school <laughs> oh, tomorrow. You know, that. so it's it's definitely appreciation to of like co- coming where I come from. Like you guys are in Arizona. Like it may, you know, you guys really have a, a ear for the culture to just even for me to even be, just be on your radar. Like I mean that. 100. I mean, I mean that 100%. I'm, I'm truly grateful. I appreciate that. And, and expect a text message from me when the Dodgers beat the Yankees in the World Series. So just <laughs> ex, ex, expect that text message to come. I oh, mean, you know, since G, Derek Jeter stopped playing, man, that's, that, that's another p- person's battle, man. The, the New York <laughs> Yankee hat represents something else to me right now. It represents, <laughs> probably represents the savior more than it represents, like, um, <laughs> John Carlos Stanton or something to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. All right, Jay, man, we appreciate it, and I'll talk to you later. All right. All right, man. Thank uh, you, man. Thank you. Go. Thanks, everybody. All later. right. Take it easy. All right, man. All right. Don't end the recording. All right. <laughs> Great conversation. I thought it was a good conversation still. You know, we had a little issue before, but, you know, I think we still got uh, a good. Yeah, it was fine. It was fun. It, it was a good conversation. George, can we can we do info picks? Baseball, all that stuff. Um, did you buy anything last week? I my cloud Yeezys came in since we're pointing at each other, <laughs> and well, I'm I was angry that I got them because I can't do nothing with them because I'm definitely not wearing them. But I think they fire, but I can't make no money off of them. I mean, you can get your money back. I would assume. <sighs> I can, but I might just sell them for a while. I think they might go up in a little while. I mean, you know, only fifty bucks is cool, you know. Since you're my wife and your wife like to sit there and talk about. My sneaker exploits through text message. All right. <laughs> I left that thread quick. I hate that thread. No. Anyways, you copy anything? Can you add back or is it, does it, your I phone don't care give if you I a- can get back in it or not. <laughs> no. I'm sick of that. Only time I mean, all of us text message is about me. I'm like, yo, fam, we got anything else to talk about. I, like, I didn't, I didn't start it. It doesn't you matter. Me. Well, you copy anything? Uh, Solar Yellow 1.0 Ultra Keeps? Probably. I got it yes. under retail. I need to get those, but I need to get them for cheap. I need the yellows. I have the orange already. I don't I have yellows. Them. When? The oranges? Mm-hmm. When they first dropped? Like, lies. Uh, lies. What are you Me and Simple got them. What are you talking about? Simple got his for like 55 bucks. I got mine for like $80. Lies. Um, I think they were like 150 shipped. Okay. 153 under retail shipped. That's the only thing you copped? Yep. Oh, good. I like that. You know, something to keep this week, not to resell. I like that. Come to the and dark I side. And I sold all the things that I had to sell, pretty much. I just sold a shoe while we were sitting here interviewing uh, Jay. <laughs> you are a high beast reseller, fam. But I appreciate it. What'd you sell? Just now? Lundmarks? No. Uh, I told you when I was in Oregon, I bought a pair, of, a size 8, those Paris... Oh, whatever. SB1s, whatever they yeah, are. Whatever yeah. those wipe-off pink joints. They sell for good? Decent? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. size 8. <laughs> oh. doesn't matter which one you have when it's that size. <laughs> well, that's good. What, I don't even know what comes out this week. We didn't even talk about releases or nothing. Do we need to do that this week? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Nothing big, though, right? But we got 15 minutes. So, I mean, we could. if you want me to go oh, through it. We got 30 minutes. We could. Like, them cats can wait. All right. I don't think it, I mean, I don't think it's going to take that long to talk about NFL picks. Um, let's see here. I'm really focused on the Dodgers winning the World Series, though. Like, I need this to happen. I don't know why you're so focused on it. Normally, you don't care. Uh, what? What do you I mean? Throughout the year, the 195 games, forever 2,000 games a year? Oh, no. I care. All right. All right. 
Well, this season, I did watch a lot, a lot less baseball than I usually do, but I care. Solar All Pack right. comes out tomorrow in the United States of America. <laughs> and to the Republic, and which is stands. Yes. Uh, some pack with Air Force Ones for women, three in a pack. What They look kind of like different, uh, maybe. Sound like a whack. How the thing is sewn? I don't know. Uh, oh, what those Air Force Ones. What is that? That's what I said. I don't know, like a. What's that pack called? I don't know. There's a Sewn differently? <laughs> Destructive? I don't know. Destructive the type. It looks like it's different. I like those. LeBron 17, black, white. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? Copping? Nope. <laughs> I don't need athletic Timberlands. Um, let's Red see. carpets don't come out this week, right? Uh, well, I'll let you know here in a second. Red carpets. I'm gonna, I need to know what retail is because that pre-order was a hitter. All right. I mean, 235 is not much more than it. retail is probably going to be 200, I would assume. <sighs> I um, Jordan 12 Sunrise, I guess it's the GS. All oh, those suck, man. They do. They're not even like greedy. In it. It's like each panel is a different color. I do not like those. Yeah, man. they suck. Um, Adapt BB Multicolor. Those are kind of fire. I think they'll resell, so I'll probably try. I if love I that shoe. And no. if they don't, I'll just send them back. I, I need a pair for retail. And I need my wife to be okay with it. Okay. Retails three fifty. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. Uh Stussy Wallabies. Only reason I'm saying this is because they're up your alley paws. Love them. And I mean, I would like to buy them. All right. Now I'm hoping, you know, my guy, Rick Teves, you know, my guy, you know, see what happens. You All know, right. Jim Red uh nine. Jim Red ones. Jim Red Jordan nine. Let me tell you something. I don't care for Jordan nines whatsoever, and I do feel like this red version is probably about 17 years too late, but they're not too bad. 17 years ago might have been the actual <laughs> first release here. <laughs> no, it's not. It can be. 2002. Yeah, nah, it not. can't be. It's close. Uh, uh, they're kind of clean. Benji Dunk SB. Is that the with the swooshes all over? Yeah. Shout out to Black Sheep. Um... I seen a couple of skaters wearing them. Now they might have looked kind of dope because they were actually holding skateboards. I'm, that's so. <laughs> so this is what I'm gonna say. I don't like that the swooshes are all over the thing. But a shoe like that, like the we bought the one. Did you buy the one too? That that I, I took it back. Deconstructed Nike yeah, SB low or whatever. So what I need is a sale Jordan One low. Yeah. All sale like the Jordan One low or I mean Jordan One OG sale high. I kind of regret not buying that because they were everywhere under retail forever. Now they're obviously above retail. It's not too bad, though. No, it's not terrible, right. but I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to pay over retail for a sale shoe. Uh, but I don't necessarily want that de deconstructed one back. I kind of want to look at it again to see if I made a mistake. But I need a – like, this shoe is just making me want it because it's all sale except for the green. I just want a sale Jordan 1 low. Is it OG? Yeah, but not like, the new, not the fat one see, silhouette. I this need the OG one, silhouette. See this, this dunk. Like I really want to cut the tongue open on a dunk and take the foam out and see. Yeah, but even still, it has swooshes all over the place and it just the swooshes trash. all over the place is different. Like I, I like that. I mean, come on, like stuff that's different. Swooshes backwards, removed, bigger, smaller. I like it. It's a little something different, and it's something that we wouldn't have seen a long time ago. So I'm cool with it. 
you're not a big branded person anyway when it comes to sneakers. Now the swoosh is just iconic and it's a regular size. Well, it makes it better that they're the same color as the leather. They didn't make them, you know, they didn't stamp oh, a yeah. bunch of like white swooshes on That's a black a shoe or black on a white shoe or something like That's that. That's definitely but, a good point. So yeah, it it looks more regular that they it makes it look okay or better that they did that. But still, I'm not no, I don't want that shoe. I want an all sale Jordan 1 low. Now, if you want to add a little bit of green to the collar or something like that, like this shoe, totally fine with it. Because it still looks like to me, like a clean, low shoe. But the tongue and everything, even if it was an SB, like that's why I like that deconstructed one because the tongue was not a fat tongue. Pause. It was normal. But the, the shoe, shoe wasn't was, the right color. It and right it was color. like suede. It, it was, was kind of threw me off. I thought it was going to be more grayish. I thought it was going to be a... a I, 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 for some reason, I thought it was going to be canvas a little bit. Like I, It just wasn't what I I don't expected. want canvas low. I so want, I'm cool with that. I want leather. I think... I just want a Jordan one, Jordan one low sweat st- sale. I mean, this. T- listen, they can let Eric Costa make it. I <laughs> put Eric Costa's name on it. Same thing with the uh, Carolina and the other one. I need to wear those other ones, by the way, because I wore Carolinas the other day. They're fire. <laughs> They're extreme fire. Uh, um, human made pack. Even though they've been coming out already in like some European stores. I need those, human made pack. I don't know why. I for some the, reason, the Essence H-U. was under retail. NMD. What? Essence for the NMD was two twenty, hmm. and I, I told you already sold it yeah. and whatnot. But two fifty is regular price, yeah, oh, that's weird. which is weird. So I don't know. I think those are fire. I guess they've just completely abandoned the like regular bottom. Like I'm cool with the it's trail. too much. When I opened, I opened it up, and I think with those NMDs, like I don't know if you attempted to relace yours. I did. I think I would start the laces lower. See, I tried that. It doesn't work out right. I tried that, like, the other holes on the bottom. Yeah. It didn't work out right. I was like, dang it. Unless I just didn't know what I, I was mean, doing. I mean, I'm not saying, like, all the way, but yeah, I think I, I would go, like, one or two loops closer. I, I think you, for those white ones, you got to put the you got to wear the red laces. Like, the red breaks it up enough because they are way too white. But, I mean, I like them. They're cool. I just like, man, they not, they're never going to put the bottom the regular sole back on them. I, and I have no problem with the trail sole, but that seems to just be the norm now. So, they're all right. Too much white. That's why I sold them. I mean, I was going to sell them anyways, but I'm not buying a $225 shoe that I'm not going to wear that much. Um, I need something I'm going to wear a lot. To you would wear those a lot. Yeah, I mean, why do you think? That's why I'm Jordan Lowe's right now. Jordan 1 Lowe's, they're 110. Bruh, please give me more. Pause. Uh, The Basement Air Max 90, Glasgow. Let me see that. I'm not mad at it. No, no, I'm not mad at it. I see some other pictures of it. You'd be mad at it. Oh, well, there yeah. are certain pictures that look fire. I see some pictures on eBay, like see, of people. Right. Got them. I'm, I'm saying I'm not mad. Ew. It looked like a fake pigeon. <laughs> All right, it looked like a fake pigeon. I mean, maybe that's what they were going for. Like a Nike ID. Um, Beams Mita New Balance 850. You ain't copping. I like them though. I like how you could take the shroud off. I like that. Does it even have laces? Yeah, you take the little shroud uh, off. They're under. Uh, I like that. Nah, it sucks. Now, I mean, a, a monotone gray is. I mean, come on. The only monotone gray shoe I like is a uh, PS. Public school, 12. That's it. Uh, done with shoes coming out, but since you and Simple were talking about it, Ronnie Figs. <laughs> Fam, I need Did those. you see the the thing he tweeted? It might have been on IG, too, but you see he, the thing he tweeted where it was like, he was taking a picture of the lookbook, yeah. and there's more colors of that other version of the New Balance than I, the three? The, like, whatever that has that, um, whatever soul yeah, that trail is. Trail Fire. And that's the, the blue shoe. ones are the blue ones that's, suck, but the no, other no, no, ones, no, no, yeah, yeah, fire too. No, because that's the shoe I was trying to describe when I was t- we were talking to Kristen Black, and I was saying her and Mike from the camp I were wearing those. I said those. Every time I see them, wear them. I want those. Those colorways that Ronnie got yeah, coming yeah, out, like the pink fire. and whatever else, look dope. The blue sucks. The though. blue, no, 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 it's fire. No, it sucks. Okay, trust me. No. 
Trust me. <laughs> I mean, well, I have two eyes. Well, I need to trust you. No, trust me. Trust me. You say the so, hand. Like, what are you trust talking me. about? You say trust me. I assume you have the NFL games, though. I mean, I have to double check. I have to correct you on I when do you have say, like, No, I got to write this time. No, well, I'll be the judge. So you you want to make NFL picks? What else are we going to do? I mean, the show's over pretty much. <laughs> no, I mean, like, are you ready? I know you have more to say or nothing like that? No, nah, I just brought it up because we were doing releases, and I was like, oh, that Ronnie came I out. need that three, and I need one of those other ones. I hope that three – okay, so when I went there to look for it, um, to send it to Jay, there's a there's pictures from June where it looks completely different, and it looks trash. Then there's those new pictures – and that better not be Photoshop. That better be a real shoot. You copping the three? Because if it looks like the, if it not if it looks like the first one, Bruh, go look at the pictures. The one I posted. Are you copping it? Which one? The white one. You posted a three on tomorrow on Instagram. And oh, not the Jordan three. I'm talking about the um. Sorry, I'm about to the Asic three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try to because it'll resell, but I'm not gonna wear oh, it. Oh come on. It if you want me to try for a nine and a half, I'll try for a nine oh, and a half. Oh, you try for a nine and a half, ten, <laughs> ten and a half, eleven, eleven and a half, twelve. <laughs> I need right. all of them. Though. If I don't get Just a nine and a half, I'm keeping it and selling it. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case my foot grow. I need yeah, all okay. of them. Okay, yes, you're going to grow it. Um, 47. I definitely need those. 47, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, let's do NFL picks. You ready? You got the list. I I'm got just, the list. I'm just verifying. Ram Seahawks. This is week five. The season is at week five. It's depressing. Oh, it's Thursday night. I was like, where is that game? Yeah. Um, I think Rams bounce back. I don't see them. Even though Goff, if you look at the numbers, has been bad since about like – even though he went to the Super Bowl last year, he's been bad since about week 9 or 10 last season, which is like I guess when teams finally start kind of catching up with your schemes after you put a l- enough stuff on tape. What the Bucks did – I watched like a, a thing um, – who's the Bucks, uh, Bucks uh, defensive coordinator? No, um, Jets right, old coach. Yeah, uh, not Harbaugh. No, it's like Knowles, but I don't know if used that's to Bowles. Coach, uh, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. Um, used to coach uh, Doles, Todd Bowles, Bowles, I think. Is Todd Bowles? He used to coach the Cardinals or be the Cardinals uh, coordinator. He was a Jets head Whatever coach his name is. last yeah, year. Yeah, he was. He's trash. He's a good defensive coordinator, fantastic defensive coordinator. What they were saying in the like, video breakdown thing I was looking at, they were like – Disguising. I mean, this is gonna. It's probably gonna sound stupid because, duh, NFL teams are trying to disguise defense. But they would have someone run with the guy who's in motion to disguise like man to man, and then they would have like one of the defensive line. It was a basically like a zone blitz. So they would the corner in slot would be in man, and the other guys would be in zone blitz. Someone would blitz, and someone from the line would drop back. And so Goff thought it was man to man. So he threw like a man to man route and the dude jumped it. And I don't think it was I don't think it was a um, pick six, but whatever happened. But anyways, Bowles, Doles, Holes, whatever his name is. I think it's Todd Bowles. Got them balling. Let me explain something to you. Last week's football, it, it was trash. Like I mean, fam. It, my 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 fantasy was destroyed. Absolutely. I was at the D backs game. So Hannah, the place where we got yeah, I got destroyed too. So the place Hannah's family friend who we got the rings from, um, someone like one of Phil's friends or whatever wanted a recommendation for a jeweler, so we sent him there. So the jeweler gave Hannah the tickets. Bro, I think it was like, I mean, I've sat down there before, but it was right behind home plate, like row eight, nine, ten. So shout out to the jeweler, um, Coffin and Trout. It's in Chandler. If you're in Arizona and you need jewelry, go see Dean. Tell him George sent you. He'll take care of you. Um, 100% legit. 
like they're not somebody who's gonna like take your ring in the back and like bring out a fake ring or some of the <laughs> stuff that like jewelers are accused of doing. Anyways, he'll take care of you. But they gave us a ticket. Shout out to them. It was a one to nothing game. I don't think I've ever been to a baseball game where like we were talking about leaving before a run was scored. Now, granted, it was like San Diego on the D backs. Yeah. Not a game I care about at all. But seats were nice. You can go down to the bar under home plate. I'm not sure how many people have ever sat down there. The seats are like comfortable because they're wider than the normal seats. You got more leg rooms. Crazy. Anyways. I love sitting down there. I only done it twice. Um, I think Rams bounce back. I got Rams too. Seahawks offensive. I mean, uh, yeah, offensive line is one of the worst in the league. Jets, Eagles. Um, Eagles. Eagles. I mean, I'm going to pick 14. Uh, I don't care if Darnold comes back or not. They're going to get beat. Jags, Panthers. I got Panthers. At Panthers. Panthers. Uh, Vikes at Giants. I got Giants. I'm going to go Vikings, even though their offense is terrible. It's trash. So. Giants defense ain't no good, though. Falcons at Texans. I got a tie. <laughs> the two teams you hate I the hate most in the entire world. They're going to tie 13-13. The Falcons might have the worst defense in the NFL. Fam. They might. It might have the worst defense in the NFL. Matt Ryan threw for 53 times last week in zero touchdowns. <laughs> that should be physically possible. Like you should accidentally be able to throw a touchdown to Julio Jones. Like, he's, like, bruh, he's got to go. Houston wins by default. Oh, I got tie, so I'll give you Houston. Uh, Buccaneers at Saints. <laughs> Saints win. I got I Bucks. Oh, speaking of which, we need to bring up – well, I need to bring up – I'm not going to throw the Cowboys on the bus because, like, who was tagged us on Twitter and said – Oh, uh, Sockjig. Somebody had tagged and said, like, walking into the podcast. Okay, so if I came in here and was talking crazy about the Cowboys, it would reflect on me poorly because in previous weeks I said we don't know enough about them. So I'm not going to – I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt in the opposite manner than I would in the past. But if they lose again this week, then the questions come out. Okay, we play at home against the Packers. I understand that's, that's that. That's not an easy game. That's now, we should have beat the Saints. But that's the point. But come on, man. Going in the going in the New Orleans uh, night game, loud, come on. New Orleans is 12-1 at home against the spread against teams with winning records in the last however, 10 years or whatever. 12-1. They were 11-1 going to that game. You should have known better. I got Bucks beating the Saints. All right. Saints win. Uh, Bills at Titans. I mean, I don't think the Bucks are some, like, world-beating team now just because their defense is good and they got a little confidence. No. What was it? What was the one you said? <laughs> Bills at Titans. Oh, it's going to be the most boring game of the week. Um, the game is going to be like 11 to 10. I got Titans. Uh, I, yeah, I don't see how you can pick against t- the Titans. At home. They're at home. Yeah, I mean. Uh, cards at Bengals. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so Bills-Titans is going to be the most boring game of the week. This game is going to be the worst game of the week. Yeah, worst played. Bengals win because they have to. Well, I, yeah, what's the name going on the road and play, trying to play quarterback? They I mean, have to. Yeah, I don't get it. Patriots at Redskins. Uh, Pats. Come on, man. Uh, Ravens at Steelers. You want to talk about the team that might? I, I sent you that thing that said which franchises are the worst franchises in sports, and I still stand by the fact that I think five are worse than the Redskins, but it's close. Oh, I hate the Redskins. I know so. you hate them. They I'm are saying, an like, awful organization. They are trash. You're right, but we got. Suns, Miami Marlins, the Raiders. Maybe the Redskins have surpassed the Raiders in worst. They've definitely I don't surpassed know. the Raiders. Um, Knicks. And oh, what yeah. was the other one? There was one more that I had put on that list. There's five. There's a lot. Um, Ravens at Steelers. I got Steelers. Nah. Nope. Ravens. Ravens. Okay. 
Uh, Bears at Raiders. Quarterback play, fam. I got Bears. Um, Trubisky's out, but I got Bears. I th- yeah, well, I think him being out me is better for them because I think their backup is better. Chase Daniels. Is um, good. man, that's that's in England. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to pick the Raiders just to be contrarian because it's in England. So who knows? Uh, Broncos. Mac at- might have ten sacks. Uh, Broncos at Chargers. Uh, Chargers. Broncos start only five is crazy. Though. Um, I got Packers at Cowboys. I got Cowboys. Uh, I want to pick the Cowboys to win because they're at home, but it's not gonna be easy. Obviously, Colts at Chiefs. Chiefs, come on. Uh, Browns at Niners. Niners. Hmm. I got Niners too. I don't think they're that good, but I'm gonna go with Niners. Their defense is good. All right. Well, those are NFL picks this week. You want to say anything about the Dodgers? Um, go Dodgers, win the World go Series. Dodgers, uh, I just someone. say a prayer for them. Though. <laughs> I'm about to say a prayer for them. Though. You should bow your head. Though. You want to hold my hand? <laughs> I'm not even joking, though. I'm about to say a prayer for them. I think this, like I said, I got hats on the way. I'm going to send pictures to George <laughs> so he can uh, so he can approve colorways and stuff for the hats. <laughs> Don't know if he'll care or not, but the hats are coming. All right, they're coming. I'm making 24 of them. All right, limited. You got to do a draw. All right. <laughs> uh, I got nothing else. We could end this in the Dodgers World Series prayer. Funny. I know George doesn't go with this, but we're going to pray for the Dodgers. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you as a humble podcast host. I come to you as a humble Wait. podcast host. I need you to protect the, the elbows of Kershaw. <laughs> I need you to wrap your arms around the bat of Bellinger. Pause. I need you. <laughs> I need you to get pause. this World Series win for the Dodgers. I'm coming on behalf of, of Skate the Great. Ruby Red, myself and George. George is my best friend, all right? I'm not buying him anything for his birthday or Christmas, so I feel like this is the least I can do. So please bless the Dodgers with a World Series win this year. This will be their third time. I ask of you, Father Lord Jesus. Also, please do not bother Tommy Lasorda yet. We still love him. Goat.com slash Dodgers. But, Lord, if you can, let's get this World Series. Amen. Anything else, George? That's it. (laughs) On May 18th, 2019, I had an appointment at Nike Bespoke Lab at 21 Mercy. Before my appointment, I stopped by a few times to go through the materials, go home and put my ideas into colors and patterns. I had to learn very fast where I was going to draw inspiration from. I've been a lifelong sneakerhead, and in some way, I wanted to balance my favorite shoes with some of the things that meant the most to me. After I figured out how I would be able to pay for it, I came out with a plan to tie back into my music. So first thing I did was I found the logo for my 12th album, The Crown, and at that point, I was probably 30% done with the album. My appointment was about four hours. Most of it was just me being frustrated about like just how to match the colors with the way they were in my head four different versions of the shoe before we then just had lunch and then it all came together you know and as far as the materials go i chose denim because you know making my first trips to soho as a team wash denim was always the best option for your kicks way before the jogger era i chose the floral vamp because it felt like i was the rose that came out the concrete a lot of times in most situations the salmon colors because of my presbyterian lifestyle Red tongue because that was just my favorite color growing up. The baby blue was the closest I could get to the Invisible Woman Air Force One, which was like the one that just did it for me growing up, being a sneakerhead. Royal blue and checkered flag for Nip Hustle the Great. 
zebra check because of the safari atmos air max one you know and the zebra looked like a checkered flag distorted from the angle embroidered number 12 you know for my 12th album and then the laser engraved forever on some fly dedicated to nipples of the great also you know i've been using that on my merch for a while now you know just to pay tribute to him just while even give him his flowers while he was still here also engraved crown on for the album green sock lining for the street signs in the bronx yellow outsole just to give it a nice finishing touch i used cork insoles inspired by the lebron x um ext all my albums listed on one of the insoles and then on the other insole was my mom and pop's names you know the streets i lived on the schools i went to um and Jason and Dean just cuz you know the designers never get enough credit. My son's name on one tongue in Yankee font cuz my son's name's Jeter. And on the other tongue, my daughter's name is Andy. So um I tried my best to put like a Toy Story font, Toy Story twist to it. And you know, each tongue has lyrics inspired um from my songs that you know were about both my kids. One is my blessing ain't famous to change the world. Never thought I have a son and I had a girl and in the other reads my daughter's my queen my son is my junior both can have a world I'm trying to give him it sooner so that's pretty much you know those are my biggest influences for the shoe and you know then going into production I had to recolor the flower you know you got to make it six colors for you know when you make it patches or just anything that usually involves printing so I had to get down to six colors. So I chose that, the purple, because um, that was my kid's mom's favorite color. You know, gave her a little input on it. Yeah. One of the things that I wanted the most was like my own shoe line or collab or anything. So just in, in the process of making this one, I had the thought process just to simulate a real sneaker rollout, you know, showcase the energy and just put on display that on an independent level that you know not everybody that has popularity has a demand and just kind of separate myself just show like marketing genius and just show a lot of different attributes that you know can you know be helpful in just a lot of different things as far as consulting in the future or just whatever it may be you know so the first idea i had was to make pens you know, of course i reached out to the home and trippy pens and you know after that then I, you know i got the cards made on like vista print and then i got the stickers and i reached out to get shirts and you know i even this one took me a while to get the custom box but i just knew that the custom box would be like the finishing touch and you know with the album date approaching it was it was nerve-wracking because you know like i said the sneaker was supposed to tie back into the music so as i waited for the shoot and you know i had put so much into the sneaker you know it was like the music still had to you know grow a life of its, its, its own and you know i just knew that if everything was executed the right way that they'll both align in just some way and you know when the sneaker finally came and i wanted to get some life lifestyle like stock images i reached out to um Air Jordan K on IG, who takes amazing product pictures, and my boy Phil Matthews, who's I've known since high school, I think ninth or tenth grade, 
who I credit the most with my rebrand just because the picks he takes in me, you know, it really helped me get my engagement to the next level. And, you know, my finishing touch for my rollout was, you know, I, you know, I knew I was, it was a chance that I'll attend, you know, Nike campus somehow in the summer. So I wanted to make sure I brought the shoe, you know, show a couple homies. And, you know, at the same time as if I debuted it, on that all those grounds, it just it'll really show a lot of initiative. It'll show like how serious I am about, you know, product and attention to detail and stuff like that. And you know, here we have it. You know, the finishing touch, Air J Tips. <laughs>